This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Many of the roles I have taken throughout my career have been roles where the function, the area, or the company have been at a transitional or transformational point. Whether it was, we need to improve and enhance our client satisfaction, so we're gonna focus on customer experience. We need to go from a waterfall methodology to agile and bring our digital experience up to speed. We need to think about our brand and modernize it. All of those things are about taking something that has a legacy and fitting it for the future. As an experienced marketing leader, what factors should you consider when choosing to bolster a new brand? Today, we're pleased to welcome Alice Milligan, the Chief Marketing Officer for the financial services company, Morgan Stanley. Alice's stellar experience includes working with organizations like AT&T, American Express, and City. Tune in to hear her discuss the values that have driven her incredible marketing journey and the thoughtful approach she took early on at Morgan Stanley to set her entire team up for success. Brightspot Content Management System enables marketers to launch in just 100 days. It efficiently manages marketing campaigns on mobile apps, or updates investors on your corporate site, handling it all seamlessly. With over 100 plus different content types and templates, marketers can deliver a customized, relevant experience to your audience. Additionally, integrate your current marketing automations platform and SEO recommendations directly from your Brightspot content management system, simplifying tool management. Discover more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends. So let's start, you know, kind of at the at the top of your journey. I mean, for our, our audience, Alice, I'd just love for you to just quickly describe Morgan Stanley and your role there. Great to be here. And thanks for the opportunity, Jeremy. I'm the CMO of Morgan Stanley. And my role really is focused on a couple of things at the enterprise level of the firm. One is really um, our brand strategy and platform. What's our story and how do we want to tell that story to the marketplace? The next is our go-to-market strategy in terms of how we activate, whether that's through sponsorships, um, through TV advertising, through digital media, and many other ways. And then the digital experience um, for MorganStanley.com, our content, our podcasts, webinars, and all the ways that we sort of bring our story to life as well as our products and services for our customers. So you've been in the role now just over a year. So I know you're there, you've made some moves. I'd love to just hear, before we get into your backstory, like what was the opportunity kind of outside looking in before you took the role? What was the position of the brand? What did you notice about them in the marketplace that you saw, wow, this is a big opportunity for me to come in and make some shifts and make some changes and bring some value? Because I'm really curious about what you saw and then we'll transition to kind of when you got there. So 
I've always, and it's interesting because when we get to the backstory, one of the hallmarks of my career is I do work for a lot of really good brands and a lot of consumer focused, long standing legacy brands. And so Morgan Stanley was one of those for me. I've always known of the brand. I knew roughly what they did, maybe not every aspect, like the institutional investment banking side of things, but definitely the wealth management areas and and the research and some of those things. And always had a very good impression of the brand in terms of um, quality, you know, um, standing, integrity, authenticity. But I would say with that, I always sort of felt like it was not a brand for me because I felt like it had some characteristics that are pretty traditional in terms of financial services. What I found out after looking at the brand and doing some research and then actually through some of the integration with E-Trade is that the brand has a wealth of sort of modern technologies and capabilities. Uh, Part of the reason the firm purchased or acquired E-Trade was for the advancements in technology and technical capabilities to be more appealing to broader audiences because they have things that can serve you from very early on in your wealth journey all the way through your IPO and, and you're sort of working or being the CEO of a big firm. So there's a host of products and services and things um, that the firm has that serve all audiences. So for me as a marketer, telling that story and sort of changing perceptions of um, people who traditionally maybe don't feel certain financial services firms are for them was a great opportunity. Wow. I mean, when you made the shift, you're entering into this industry that like you said, there's a, there's a persona in that world. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, vibe, a frequency in that world. And you're, here you are stepping into a, a lot of responsibility, a lot of leadership, and you have a lot of capability to do that. How were you received in that world? How were you received in this world that was definitely in majority not run by, by women leaders? I would say one of the things that I love most about Morgan Stanley is the culture. It's very collaborative and very collegial. So, you know, what was an interesting dynamic is E-Trade was acquired. We found out about it as officers of the E-Trade firm about a month before COVID hit. So I had never met any of the leaders at Morgan Stanley face to face until about a year and a half after um, we first started working together. And so we did a lot of things in terms of, you know, Zoom calls and Zoom happy hours and getting to know you. Um, But one thing that was common was just people were very willing to give you their time to share, you know, what they know about the business and the firm and their clients. Many of the employees are really long tenured. And so that says something about Mm. a company that people feel they're able to move around, they're able to try new things, they're able to be innovative, all in the space of the same firm over a, you know, 25 to 30 year career. And so I found all of that really great to join. The executive leaders did a lot to embrace the E-Trade leadership team. And Mm. they always talked about, and I think James talked about this externally to the firm, that it was really a strategic acquisition to broaden their base of clients and to broaden their platforms, capabilities, and products and services. And that's how you felt as um, someone joining the firm, where it was sort of additive. You weren't, you know, you were an efficiency, you were in a cost 
opportunity, you were bringing in new thinking. Mm. And then for the firm itself, Morgan Stanley had really traditionally been a sales-based culture, face-to-face interactions with FAs and investment bankers and private wealth managers, and then on the institutional side. And so marketing um, direct consumer was not a strong skill set within the firm. And so coming in as a marketer and someone who has digital and client experience work, it was really embraced and um, leveraged and capitalized within the company very quickly. Wow. It's always interesting to hear what the first 90 days are like when you when you take a, a role like this at a Morgan Stanley. I've heard lots of different answers from CMOs like what they do when they, the first 90 days. Some of them are really quiet. Marissa Mayer came in. We interviewed her in our studio and talked about when she took over at Yahoo. And she got a lot of heat because it seemed like she wasn't doing anything in the first 90 days. She was very quiet. She was meeting very strategically. Some CMOs go in and they start kind of pulling things apart and build, rebuilding right away. You've had a lot of incredible experience. I mean, AT&T, Citibank, the list goes on and on. What was your approach in the first 90 days? What, what was some of the things that you're kind of thinking, doing at a brand, a storied brand like Morgan Stanley? An old mentor of mine told me at one point in my career, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And so I would have to say I skew on the Melissa side, which is I spent the first 90 days really listening. And and it was, I would say, sort of a very active form of listening. I set up time with all of the key stakeholders um, who work with the marketing team and organization, all of the critical business unit partners again, that either work with the team or are reliant on the marketing, the events, the digital work that we do. And then many of the senior leaders across the firm, as well as um, select board members. And as I did that, I really just listened and I asked a couple of key questions. One was, you know, sort of what do you see as the biggest opportunities for the firm? What do you see as the biggest challenges? What do you see as those same things for the marketing organization? And then if you could change one thing that marketing does today, what would it be? And what I found through doing, you know, all of that sort of research internally, which was pleasant and has been my experience most of the time, is that there was a lot of synergy across all of these groups as to what are the key opportunities. The key opportunities were to look at the brand and the brand strategy now that we had brought in a number of other brands under the overall master brand and broadened our audience and make sure we true up you know, sort of the story we're telling, who we're telling it to, and through what channels and how we're telling it in the marketplace. The second area was around data and analytics. Um, how do you measure the effectiveness of, of marketing in more and better ways? How do you communicate what you're measuring out to the broader organization so they understand, one, what the value is, or two, what are the insights you're getting out of it and how should they be thinking about their products and services differently? The next was really around partner engagement. Like, Don't market or be marketing in a vacuum, but how do you more positively, frequently uh, and strategically interact with your business partners so that the marketing strategy um, supports the company and the business strategy and that people feel like there's value and you have a seat at the table when people are planning their strategies. And then the final was around talent. How do we find the marketing talent within the organization and ensure that talent is growing 
feeling engaged and we're able to retain that talent. And then also, how do you attract talent? You know, my goal, once I did all of this, when I looked at, you know, the 90 day strategy, I said, my long-term goal is to be the employer of choice or for Morgan Stanley to be the employer of choice of the next generation of marketers. And so if you want to get to that goal, what are the things that you need to do to bring mm. that talent on, to nurture it, to grow it, and to make sure that um, you're refreshing it? And so those were the things that I did and found out through the first 90 days. That's great. I especially love the last one, which it, it aligns with, we, we just interviewed the head of marketing for ESPN last week, amazing guy named Emeka, and he's been there over 20 years. And he talked about something you just said, which is he talks about this concept of being an executive of the future and not just being an executive leader of what we need today in the business. It's like, what do I have to be thinking about and doing as a, as a marketing leader in a, in a huge organization like ESPN, like Morgan Stanley, to be thinking about where we're headed, not where we're at now, and to balance that really well as an executive leader is it's a, it, that there's an art to that for sure. And so I love that that was a key pillar of like, okay, let's make sure we're thinking about that as well as, as a leadership team. That's beautiful. The journey that I know of you in business started, I guess, in the late 80s at AT&T. You held a bunch of positions there. You got exposed to all this HR, business to business, like marketing, product. You got all this different exposure while at AT&T for over a decade. Was that the beginning of just the dance with business and marketing? Did it start at AT&T? Did it start at American Express? When did the kind of marketing thing come alive in you? I think, you know, I think with AT&T, because I, I did a lot of that while I was going to school at night. And that took me over a decade to get my undergrad and my graduate degree. Wow, and so amazing. it was, <laughs> you learn to prioritize and figure out what is really important when you're balancing all of that. Uh, which has served me well throughout my career. So with AT&T, I was really sort of experimenting in a number of different areas just to get a sense of what I was passionate about, what I was good at, what I love to do. And I would say the real love for marketing came more in the American Express roles because American Express was a really strong, good marketing firm, and they still are and always have been. But I think what AT&T gave me and has served me really well is a lot of what I did, especially in HR, where I did organization design, job evaluation, staffing, recruiting, hiring, and then rewards and recognition. I have to say, I've probably used that in every role at every level that I've had in any company, because you're always, as a leader, thinking about, you know, how do you build the right bench strength? How do you do succession planning? How do you think about your organization structure to achieve your strategy and mission? How do you make sure that people feel that they can grow? Um, how do you recruit? All of those things. Um, so that sort of foundation in HR has been really useful. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say for marketing, the other pieces were, you know, operations and technology, you know, having experience in both of those areas has really been helpful, especially as I've done a lot around digital marketing, media, and sort of the digital experience. The three of those things come together to bring that sort of brand and experience to life. And having that background, I've felt has been really important as well. And then you landed at American Express, where you spent over 15 years there. I mean, just an incredible career there. What was it for you, though? Was it just that you were attracted to working with brands that had like a, a global impact or 
just a recognizable brand. Cause like, again, you, as you charted your path, you couldn't go in a lot of different directions. You, you, you know, you, you, instead you've really gone to this super clear brand play every time. And you're working at these places, but what, what is it that really grabbed you and made you want to work at all these, you know, interesting places? Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. The first thing has been, I find it's really important for me to work for a brand that shares similar values to what I value personally. And it's just an easier and better experience when sort of I believe the same things or similar things to the company that I work for. And so a lot of those instances and brands that I work for did have similar values to me and they had similar values to each other. I remember, you know, when I went from AT&T to American Express, it was like AT&T had like core values. American Express had the blue box values. City had their values. Morgan Stanley has um, their values. But there's a lot of synergy between, you know, giving back to the communities that you work in, you know, making the world a better place in terms of sustainability and things like that, respecting diversity. So all of those things I felt are really important. So that's the first factor. The second, I think, has been, and, and many of the roles I have taken throughout my career have been roles where the function, the area, or the company have been at a transitional or transformational point. You know, whether it was we need to, you know, improve and enhance our client satisfaction. So we're going to focus on customer experience. We need to get, you know, go from a waterfall sort of methodology to agile and, and bring our digital experience up to speed. We need to think about our brand um, and modernize it. All of those things are about taking something that has a legacy and fitting it for the future. And so if I think about the way I innovate, I'm not like the Steve Jobs of the world, right? I'm not inventing the next great thing. Uh, I'm creative, but not that creative. But what I'm good at is understanding what is at the core of a firm and has made a firm or a product or service what it is. And how can you bring that current through listening to what your clients and prospects are saying through understanding what's important in terms of the storytelling. And then finally, through what channels and what ways you bring that story to life. I think that's what I've done well in my career. And each of those firms sort of had that thing where they were like, they've been around for a long time, but they need to be modernized a bit. Hmm. You have a lot of experience in digital. I mean, I saw like that started at American Express and you went on to Coach, which is an also an interesting stop. And then you ended up at City. But just, you know, in your role as, you know, because again, like I, I, I see you as a marketing leader who has had her hand on the pulse of consumer behavior and the way the world has changed. And I think that you might have an opinion on what you've seen in how customers and audiences have shifted, if at all, from your perspective. A lot of marketers today talk about how the world is changing. I think every year we kind of hear that in marketing. And I think there is a lot of changes. But in terms of just what you've seen along your career in how brands are engaging with customers, interacting with customers, and building loyalty with customers, like have you seen lots of sweeping changes in the past few years? Or do you really feel like the stuff that, that the table stakes you've learned from American Express and City and other, other brands, is that stuff still just equally relevant to today? 
You know, I would say at the core, there's probably things I've learned across all the firms that I've worked with and the client research and, and um, understanding of consumers that that's at the core, especially in financial services, right? Things like people want to ensure that their information, their data is protected and it's secure, right? Privacy and those types of things in digital experience, just you know, how you introduce new products and services and changes to function, doing it in a way where you're telling clients and consumers about it pre the event, at the event, and post the event, because they could get concerned, again, that it's phishing or other things. So those basic things, I don't feel have changed a lot in terms of the need of the client. Now, the technologies and the ways that we protect people and all of that thing have changed tremendously. And cybersecurity, if you think about, you know, the people who are doing that and, and just the work that they do, tremendous change. But from a consumer standpoint, it's always been important. I think what I've seen that's different is, one, the source of information that consumers value in terms of making their decisions. It used to be that, you know, what you said as a brand, people believed. And it also was if they didn't necessarily believe you only, they would do some significant research and gather that. And that research would be sort of fact-based, objective, you know, validated and verified. But now people use multiple things to make their decisions about a brand, including, you know, word of mouth, things their friends say, all of those things. And so recognizing that you don't directly control how your brand is viewed any longer and that you need to understand where those sources of information are in terms of how people get that information, who those sources are, and how you get your story told in the right way in those places to help give people you know, sort of food for thought. So social media, the different social platforms, um, have become really important, you know, not only in terms of brands, but even just how people get their news. That has been a big difference. You know, I would probably say a lot of those things in terms of how people make decisions and what they use to make decisions and all of that may have been like a, you know, couple generation type change. But what I saw um, and what we saw through the pandemic was people of all ages really their usage of digital accelerated. Getting information from podcasts and webinars had not, you know, had been sort of Gen Z, millennials. We saw more growth in like boomers and Gen X than we saw in millennials and Gen Zs during the pandemic. And, and people sort of just getting bite-sized information through different tools. Our Alexa skill and people leveraging you know, and getting financial information through different platforms and technology tools, again, across all generations and all ages, and just the comfort and ease with Zoom and FaceTime and all of these technologies that I think people were a little hesitant to use, whether it was mainstream business or older um, generations, uh, became commonplace just out of necessity. And I think that accelerated a lot of the use of digital channels and comfort in a much rapid pace than we've seen before. Are you and the marketing team spending much time experimenting with things and try, you know, how much, how much, you know, resources and energy goes towards, you know, thinking further out and doing things that maybe are yeah more experimental by nature? 
Is there a, a segment of the team that does that or? Yeah, um, you know, there's a couple of different segments and it's not just, you know, what I would say reserved for the marketing team, because a lot of, you know, what we've, what I've talked about in the past is that marketing, it, you know, it's both a balance of art and science, right? And so the science piece, not only do we have in the marketing team, but one of our core partners is the digital data and analytics team. And so as we think about that, we're always looking at, you know, constructing tests and experiments within the current work we do to make that incrementally and um, transformatively better, but then also testing new thoughts and new technologies, new concepts. We do that with our partners in data and analytics. We do that in different ways. So we have um, an organization and a team that really focuses on um, we call it our multicultural labs, which is a is an area of the business that's looking at diverse owned startups and how we as a firm can help support them and guide them, not just through bringing them in uh, and helping in terms of funding, but the firm has a ton of expertise when it as it relates to research for the areas that they may be looking at as it relates for them building their business in the right way, financially and systematically acquiring loans, all of those things. And then we have great talent in the firm. So we have great marketers, we have people who are doing data science and all of that. So, you know, we spend time with those um, startups, just sharing with them, like what's worked in media, what have we learned? What are we doing in terms of personalization and digital and analytics and all of those things? So that's one way. The other way is um, as we look at new technology and trends, we will do different sort of experiments and tests with those in the right use cases. So I think for me, a lot of times it's really important to be true to what your business is and not like chase after the shiny pebble and just sort of experiment to experiment. You know, so where you may see people doing all this stuff in the metaverse or about the metaverse, um, and they're in a financial services firm and you're sort of like, what, like, why are they doing that? What, you know, what do they have to do with that? Where we may be experimenting in things like how do you sort of bring an investment plan to life in a new and different way? How do you take that sort of ride through a potential area, but then translate that into what does it mean for thematic investing? So if we do something that may be experimental in sustainability or in biotech, we've got researchers that have done a tremendous amount of work that can then help you think about if that's really of interest, how can you invest in that space or how, you, how can you succeed in that space? So I think it's important as we think about experiments to really bring it back to, well, well, why should I believe Morgan Stanley should be talking to me about this? Mm. Have you looked into evaluated, you know, inserting or positioning the Morgan Stanley brand in new places where they maybe weren't otherwise be seen? Like how much goes into that? And just thinking, you know, global perspective, like are there arenas or areas where you and the marketing have decided, hey, let's let's put Morgan Stanley there. Let's get in that conversation. Yeah. So there's been a couple of things and I'll give you two examples. First was when I started with the team, we were looking at some of our sponsorships and events, and we're still doing that. But we had um, the Players Championship, which has been uh, with the PGA, which has been a wonderful sponsorship and relationship with the firm. 
And we had Cheyenne Woods and Justin Rose, who are two brand ambassadors in golf as a sport. But we started to look at, you know, our client base and also prospects out there. And what we saw is that there was a lot of opportunities, not just for Morgan Stanley, but for financial services overall to appeal to women. And so we started looking at first, you know, what areas are appealing to them in in sports was one, but also women's tennis was another. And so we said, let's, you know, let's look at that and let's get into that. And we brought on Layla Fernandez, who is a 19-year-old Canadian tennis player. She's ranked, um, I believe, number 15 in the world. And she has a great story. She's of Ecuadorian and Filipino background. Um, Her dad is her coach. Uh, She believes in giving back, et cetera. And so we brought her on and now we're working on a number of different ways to sort of bring her to life for not only women, but also for diverse audiences, children, you know, who can see somebody who looks like them in the sport and how that person got there and providing some different insights around that. So that was one way. We developed a platform called Everyone Deserves a Shot. And we launched that with the PGA where we talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, financial services, many times people don't build generational wealth because they don't know how, you know, if you give people the tools, the education, the mentors, the guidance, the expertise early on, that makes for um, a very different future. And it's the same with sports. And so we saw a lot of synergies with that. And that's a platform that we're working on. And then there's a few others that we've got underway. We did something with the New York Times um, in fashion, sustainable fashion in London. And that was really successful. We saw a ton of engagement from clients and prospects, as well as we had people who were really excited about participating on the ground there in London. And then the final thing I would say is we've also done other things with our partnerships. One we recently did with the Washington Post called Econ 101, where we remove the subscription paywall for critical content around the recession, gas prices, and other things that were going on with the economy right now, so that everyone could see them not just paying subscribers. And that was also really successful in terms of clicks and engagement. Wow, that's awesome. Just thinking of your, you know, your career and think of a time when you faced a crucial moment, like a really critical moment and maybe a make or break type scenario. Uh, you may have faced a couple of those in your, in your career, but think of a time, yeah, where you were up, like the stakes were high and maybe it was a big win, maybe it was a big lesson, but just tell us the, the story of the situation and maybe what you learned in that or through that. Okay. I'll tell you a little bit of a different one. When I was at American Express, at that point, I was an SVP. So I was one of the top 25 to 40 women in the company. And I had to do a presentation for a board of director and Ken Chenault, who was the CEO at the time. I remember there were two or three people who were presenting before me. And as they went through and did their presentations, it was like they were on a Broadway show. You know, no hesitation, smooth, silky, et cetera. And I got up there and I was sharing work that I had done uh, and my team had done on the mobile app. And it was like the launch of our first mobile app. We had gotten five stars in the app store. Like there were all these accomplishments. But I got up there and I started to give my presentation and I could not breathe. I totally freaked. I was like shaking. My mouth was dry. I rushed through the presentation. My heart was pounding, palms sweaty. I think I forgot half of what I wanted to say. 
um, just to get off. And I got off, um, left the presentation. My boss, who was not there, texted me and he was like, you know, how'd you do? I was like, horrible, freaked out, said that to him. Everyone I ran into for the next day and a half, I said the same thing to Terrible, freaked out, couldn't breathe. Everyone else was better, et cetera. So my boss called me into his office when he got back to um, back to New York. And he said to me, hey, so I wanted to touch base with you after your text and after our conversation about the presentation. And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, I talked to a number of the executives who were in the audience. And I was like, oh, really? And he said, yeah. And he said, you know what they said? And I said, no, what they say? So he said they thought of all the presentations, you were the only one that had any content or results to talk about that you did a great job highlighting the things that were important to the firm and the business and how those contributed and the client response or reaction. And then it was nice to see somebody who was human up on stage, not all of these like rehearsed presentations. So he said, do you know what the only thing wrong you did during that whole you know week? And I was like, no. And he said, talking about how bad it was after the presentation. He said, if you just dusted it off and said, hey, you know, wasn't my best, but I did X, Y, Z, it would have been a totally different story. And I think the thing I really learned from that was just, you know, sort of you can create your own reality, right? And you can sometimes be your harshest critic. And so, you know, being more resilient, being focused on the things that work and the positive, no one's perfect. And what you think isn't always how everyone else perceives it. And from that day forward, I, one, I found it much easier to do presentations. Um, I wasn't anywhere near as nervous uh, as I was in that. But secondarily, I always took that lesson to say, like, you create your own headlines, don't create negative ones. And I think that was a really different way to look at it. And something, you know, I would not have thought of myself, but it was a great learning. Hmm. That's great. Thank you for that. Okay, you ready for some lightning round questions? We've got a few of those. Before we start, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for the show, Salesforce. Thank you. For those who are interested in learning more, you can head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Okay, first question, Alice Milligan, CMO for Morgan Stanley. What is an activity that makes you lose track of time? Uh, I would have to say home improvement and interior design. Okay. I, Never satisfied with uh, how my house or anything looks. I'm always redesigning, changing, et cetera. And I can get lost in doing that. What's the last purchase you made as seen on TV? The last one I made, there is, a, and I'm not going to know the exact name for it, but there is this stuff that you can use that comes in a big spray can and you can seal like and caulk your windows so that you have no leaks and no water can get through. I purchased that and I sealed the windows down in uh, the basement of my house to prevent any water from getting in. Okay, I love it. Do you have a morning ritual or just like a thing that you do in the morning that's like, you do this every, every you start your day this way every day. Is there anything that you do every day religiously? Two cups of coffee. Two cups of coffee, black? Half and half. Okay. No sugar. Who? And if you talk to me before I've had those two cups of coffee, <laughs> you're, you're a goner. What brand of coffee do you like to drink? Uh, I drink Miele because uh, when we redid our we redid our kitchen, I got one of those built-in Miele nice. coffees. Okay. Who do you call for marketing support? If you're working through a challenge or working through something like, who do you call to, to bounce stuff off of, if anyone? Um, 
You know, it depends on the topic. If it's a marketing okay. challenge, I have, you know, peers across the industry and people okay. that I've worked with for a long time, whether in the firm or just at Morgan Stanley, at JP Morgan Chase, at City, you know, we all sort of know each other in that space. So if it's marketing, I'll do that. But if it's a business challenge, it may be an old boss from City or from American Express. Many times, because those firms work with a lot of consulting firms, uh, I have a lot of uh, friends who are in consulting, so they always got a good strategic mind. So it really depends on what the topic is. Okay, last question. What is one thing that you would like to do this year that you've never done before? Hmm. I have so many things on my list. It's not that I've never done before, but it, like does actually take a trip that requires an airplane on vacation which I haven't done in probably three years as a result of COVID. Okay, yep, <laughs> Does that yep. count? Yes, it counts. Definitely. Because I, I feel like that's the next thing on my list. Um, so probably go to a destination I've never been before. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Okay. I'm an Irish girl. So cool. uh, I want to see my peeps, but um, I have not done that yet. Okay. Well, I love that. I love that vote. I've been there. I highly recommend it. Alice, thank you so much for being here. This was an incredible conversation. Your story, your path, your 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 career is continues to inspire so many marketing leaders. So thank you for being on Marketing Trends and have a great, fantastic rest of your day. Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.